Monday morning, I haven't really looked outside. It's not raining. It's supposed to be a nice week this week from what I've been able to read so far. And uh, I think somewhere I read even in the 70s, perhaps, uh, this week here in uh, Midcoast, Maine area. So take advantage of it if you live here. Get outside. Go for a walk. Go down to the footbridge. Uh, go over to the rail trail. Um Go over to Moose Point State Park and take a walk around that uh, that area. Uh, we did that yesterday afternoon. It was just a nice time to take our dogs and get out, take a little walk like that. Um, Don's saying down there in Rhode Island in the deep south of New England, uh, 80s down there this week. So absolutely fantastic. 
weather ahead of us and we get to enjoy it. Hopefully you're all seeing the comments here today. Um, of course, you don't know whether you're seeing all the comments or not, but you had several, several, several people from from Don to Jean to Priscilla to Amy to Steve and Donna to Walter to Fran, uh, all saying uh, good mornings here. So uh, I'm hoping you can uh, you can all see the, the the comments there, like all those comments that uh, you're looking at right there. So um, we are going to go into Luke chapter 24, thinking after the resurrection. So uh, what happened after the resurrection? Our lessons, life of Christ. Uh, we worked our way hard through uh, this last week and uh, that final week of the, the ministry of Christ prior to his crucifixion. And uh, so today we Think about what about after the crucifixion. So I'm going to take you into Luke chapter 24. Uh, and up at verse 1, it talks about the resurrection. We've kind of considered some of that uh, yesterday. I'm going to come down to um, verse 10. It says, It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, uh, Mary the mother of James, and the others with him who told this to the disciples that he was not in the grave. Verse 24, uh, verse 11, I'm sorry, says, but they did not uh, believe the women because their words seemed to them like a bunch of nonsense. Uh, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the lips of linen, uh, linen lying by themselves. He went away wondering to himself what had happened. I mean, there are several different options of what could have happened. Uh, one, one thought could be, okay, somebody's taking the body. The Romans have taken the body. The Jews have taken the body. The problem with with that, and those even in our day who'd want to conjecture something like that, is this. Had the Romans taken the body, uh, the moment that this uh, uh, resurrection myth, plot, ploy, conspiracy had gotten out, the Romans would have brought the body out and said, look, these guys are lying to you. This isn't true at all. Here's the body. Same would be the case with the Jews. Had the Jews stolen the body, the moment that this conspiracy of the resurrection had been uh, spoken, they too would have brought forth the body and said, no, nah, that's a lie, here's the body. Neither the Romans nor the Jews brought out the body of Jesus. They couldn't because he was resurrected. Uh, the disciples, had the disciples stolen the body, do you think that they would have died for a lie? you think that they would have uh, continued to uh, uh, put forth this idea, uh, knowing that it was was poppycock, knowing that uh, their lives were at risk? I mean, what did they have to gain by, by this? Nothing. So those that want to say, well, the Jews had the body, the Romans had the body, or the disciples had the body, I mean, there are very good reasons why to discount those types of uh, thoughts that it was uh, any one of those groups. No, the fact is Jesus was resurrected. Now let's, let's continue on in the text. It says, now that same day, this would be that Sunday, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that happened as they talked and discussed these things with each other. 
Jesus himself came and walked along with him. They were kept from recognizing him. Perhaps they were still so distraught that they couldn't recognize him, and, and maybe their eyes were downcast so that they did not recognize him. But what we do know is verse 16 says that they were kept from recognizing him. As he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him these words. Are you only a visitor in, to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened here in these days? Uh, what things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Uh, the chief priests and our, and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucify him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women have amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. Uh, but him they did not see. He said to them, uh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things that enter his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them. He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And then he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up, returned at once to Jerusalem, where they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, saying, It's true, the Lord has risen, and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke bread. So, post-resurrection, Jesus revealing himself. Uh, he's, he has spoken to the women and sent them to speak. Uh, he has spoken to those on the road to Emmaus. Uh, he has revealed himself to them. And now we pick up down at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself, himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had seen a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet, and as I myself touch me and see, the ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you, 
everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses, prophets, and Psalms. And he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father's promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Now, interesting, you would read similar verses uh, in the uh, first chapter of the book of Acts because uh, it's the same writer. Luke wrote the book of Acts. Luke wrote the, uh, the gospel of Luke. And so to see the same words uh, is makes good sense. But he has appeared. He has shown them self to them. Now, one of the things that you'd pick out of this, I mean, it, it talked about him just simply disappearing. Uh, it talked about, uh, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. Peace be with you. I mean, he just appeared. He is in what is called the glorified body. Uh, Paul writes about the glorified body in Philippians chapter 3. I alluded to this passage in the message yesterday, but we did not turn there and look at it. Let me show you these couple of verses at the end of Philippians 3 says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly body so that they will be like his glorious body. The glorified body. He is in this glorified state. In this glorified state, he is able to appear, able to disappear, able to appear as through walls, if you will. No, he is not a ghost. No, he still has a body that they can touch. It's it's a body of, of, of a different elemental makeup that it could just come through a wall or come through a door or simply appear, uh, kind of like you know Star Trek uh, transporter type idea. Just, it's there, only faster um, and probably better. That, that might be a bad analogy, but, but I think you get the point that I'm trying to make here. Uh, his, his ability in his body to simply appear because it is, as I'm sharing with you here, it is this uh, this glorified body, verse 21, power that enables him to bring everything under his control, transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body, something we look forward to. Now, going back to Luke chapter 24, we have seen this as he has appeared to them. Um and as he has disappeared, uh, down at verse 31, it says their eyes were open, they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Now, I mean, it could be that he got up and left, but why didn't Luke say that? Why doesn't Luke just simply say, well, you know, he got up and left their presence? No, it, it says he disappeared. I mean, I, I think the reason that Luke, the doctor, the, the medical doctor, has put in things putting things right has put things in this uh vernacular is because he did just simply disappear he was sitting there with them and poof uh he was gone no don't go back to hee-haw you met another and poof you were gone no um but he just simply disappeared from their sight 
And they asked each other down here in verse 32, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? You ever been in that situation where you listen to somebody teach the scriptures and your hearts just burn? Your hearts burn not in the sense that uh, you had uh, too much sausage for breakfast. I don't mean that. Uh, but your and I don't mean that your hearts burn because you're angry, but your hearts burn because your hearts are being warmed and stirred by the truth of God. That's what I'm talking about. It says their hearts burn. I mean, it was like he was stirring within their hearts. There's hearing the teaching and they're responding and saying, yes, 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 yes. Uh, because the scriptures are being made clear and being made plain and they're able to respond. It says that after he disappeared, it says they got up at once, returned to Jerusalem, found the eleven and those with them that were assembled together, they were assembled together. They were waiting in, in this room uh, as they had been instructed to do, uh, and maybe even waiting in some fear, maybe even waiting in some doubt. But uh, as we go on, their, their doubts are being uh, removed. Their doubts are being expunged. Uh, they're... They're being shown that the very things that Jesus said to them are, in fact, coming into play. Verse 34 said, It's true, the Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. And the two told what happened to them on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke bread. The appearing to the disciples. Jesus stood among them. Again, this, this glorified body, the, the ability to just simply appear among them. It says they were startled, startled. They were frightened. They, they thought they were seeing a ghost. It wasn't that he came and knocked on the door and said, hey, let me in. It wasn't any of that. No. It just, he just appeared. It, it troubled them. And he says to them, why are you troubled? Why did doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. As I myself touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still do not believe it because of joy and amazement, I mean, there was, there was this disbelief. He asked them, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Again, ghosts and androids do not need to eat. Um, he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you, everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Now, here's one of the truths that they, I want to talk about here. He opened their minds. I mean, the fact is that uh, sometimes people are kept from understanding the scriptures. Uh, I think the King James, the NASB, talks about people who cannot understand the scriptures because their 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 eyes are darkened. They're spiritually discerned. They're they're not able to understand spiritual truth. But as we walk with God and as we seek to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit opens our hearts, opens our minds, so that we can clearly understand the scriptures. So he told them, this is what was written, that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. 
and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Now again, in the book of Acts, he'll say, you are to be witnesses beginning at Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost places of the earth. You're to go. Verse 49, he says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. And what did the father promise? The father promised the Holy Spirit. I mean, again, for people who like to diminish the work and the role of the Holy Spirit, here is just another place where Jesus indicates that we will get this power from God, Holy Spirit power given to us through Jesus, uh, through the Father, sent to us, uh, and, and they were told to wait in the city until they've been clothed with that power, which we know would happen at the 50-day mark uh, at the time of Pentecost, which we're gathering is about 10 days after his ascension, perhaps, because it says that he was with him for 40 days. They were then told to wait in Jerusalem, and we know that uh, the Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost, which we know is 50 days removed from Passover. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. Friends, when, we're, when we are truly born again, and we have no control over our being born again, I mean, ultimately, it's a work of the Spirit in us. Yes, we have to respond in repentance and in faith, surrender to Christ, um, but it's the Holy Spirit who, who uh, activates all of that and sees us be truly regenerate, truly born again, some that don't understand the scriptures, I mean, one of the concerns I have, and I pray for them, is that they may not be born again, that they may not be truly converted, and so their minds are darkened. And yet I pray that their minds will be undarkened, that they would understand, and if, if they need salvation, they'd come to faith in Christ in salvation. There are those who say the words. There are those who attend churches there are those who maybe even uh, you know, acknowledge Christ at some point in time who truly may not yet be born again. They give mental assent, uh, but may not be regenerate by the working of the Holy Spirit. And, and we pray that, that our friends and family members would be truly regenerate, truly born again, that the, the blinders on their eyes would be lifted, that they're... they're as it says in verse 45, that their minds would be open to the understanding of the Scripture. Now, I'm not trying to be confusing here, but I, I think we, we just make it so cut and dry that you pray to prayer, you're saved. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's that cut and dry, friends. I really don't. I mean, is the process of salvation easy? Yes. Repent, believe, trust in Jesus. That is... Uh, that is our part, but it also requires the working of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it requires a, a true surrender. And so if you have friends and family members who uh, do not know Christ, pray for them. If you have friends and family members who have see, who seem to be having a hard time understanding the Scriptures, you pray for them. Pray that, that their minds would be open to understand the wonderful truth found in God's word. And that's my prayer for you. And friends, I, I encourage you to pray that prayer for yourself. That, that as you open up the Bible, that you would ask the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, the Holy Spirit to be your guide, ask the Holy Spirit to take God's word and 
burn it into your hearts and into your minds that you may know it uh, and that you might live it. Uh, that, that's been my prayer for 40-some years now, and I, I really start to feel like an old guy saying that, but uh, there are a few here who are slightly older than me. Um, I don't know who here might be older than me spiritually. Uh, eh, probably the one person I'm thinking of that's just a few years older might be probably spiritually older than me as well. But others that I know that are uh, somewhat older, and <laughs> I got to put this comment up there. Uh, see what it says there in the bottom? Friends saying, watch it. Uh, she's just slightly older than am I. So I, I just had to put that comment up there. It's uh, That's a good one. I like it. Still teasing there, a little ribbing. Yes, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in our midst. But let, let's pray that people's eyes would be open. Let's pray that, you know, some of us have family members that we're not sure. You know, you, you look at, at uh, the, the, the way that life is being lived, and it's kind of like, uh I don't know. I don't know if they're truly born again. I, I don't know if they're truly saved. And and, uh, uh, and for anybody listening here, whenever it might be that you're listening, if you're listening during our live broadcast this morning and uh, don't know Christ, uh, again, the invitation to trust Christ, to repent, to believe in Jesus as your Savior. As we read yesterday, to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and to believe in your heart that God raised from the dead. If you will do those things, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us those realities. We would be witnesses of these things. Now, this this again, I, I, I probably tomorrow will go into uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, I, I am not quite ready to move on yet into his ascension because I think there's other things that, that we need to consider uh, that took place in these days around his, uh, just prior to his ascension, after his resurrection, things that we read about in the book of First uh, John, as an example, things that we read about in the book of Acts, the first chapter, things we read about in First Corinthians 15. Uh, and we'll look at those things tomorrow. But today, my prayer is for you. For your eyes to be open for you, if if you're a person that has just given your life to Christ uh, in the last 24 hours, that you would know the wonder of the forgiveness of Christ. To me, that's the thing that captured my heart, knowing all the things of my life that that Christ had forgiven me of, and uh, uh, knowing His cleansing in my life, and knowing that He had made me uh, the old things were gone, all things had become new. He had made me a uh, a new creation in Christ. So, I pray. I just pray that that you will, uh, that you will uh, look to Christ in these ways. That you will walk in Christ. That you will know the wonder of Christ today. You'll know the wonder of Jesus in your midst. Uh, read the Gospels as we've been doing. Uh, maybe even if you haven't watched, or even if you have watched, the Chosen. Uh, series uh, to to watch that uh, we completed uh, year one. I hadn't watched uh, more than a few episodes uh, a few years ago, and, and now it's like we 
we want to binge on it. It's so good. I pray that you'll have the experience that, uh, that these disciples in Luke 24 had and that you'll be filled with wonder and awe today. Lord, hear our prayer. It would be filled with wonder at the person and work of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, have a great day. We will see you tomorrow.